Hello and welcome to Beyond Business with Wärtsilä, a podcast series that goes above the realms of strategy and operations and seeks to find solutions to our global problems. I'm your host Atte Palomäki and I'll be talking to experts in their field about how we can work together to actually make a difference. The idea behind each episode is to look beyond the scope of profit and margins and to really discover how businesses, thought leaders and experts can rally together and use their experience, intelligence, forethought and honesty to facilitate real and tangible change. This time I'm joined by Robert Corley, the Chief Operating Officer at Mercy Ships, joining me from Texas, USA. And his organization is providing much-needed medical relief in developing countries via two hospital vessels. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ati. It's great to be here. So let's kick it off. If you can just give us a little bit of background on the history of Mercy Ships and the organization itself. Absolutely. You know, Mercy Ships, we are driven by our faith to deliver what we call world-class healthcare, really to focus on bringing hope and healing to the world's poor. Now, we use a mixture of hospital ships. You mentioned the two ships. We use hospital ships, but also a lot of uh, onshore training and strategic partnerships to transform lives. Um, statistics will show you that five billion people lack access to proper surgical care. That's so so amazing to even think about that many people. And many times it's due to poor infrastructure and, and really the lack of well-trained personnel. So what we do is we're able to provide the means and opportunity to deliver surgeries, partner with countries to really equip, empower, and enhance their medical infrastructure, help them be able to sustain things for themselves. I've been doing the work since 1978 uh, with a lot of volunteers and donors. Uh, it's really uh, an opportunity for us to serve for the greater good. Currently have two ships. We've got the Africa Mercy, which is a converted rail ferry, and the Global Mercy, which is a purpose-built ship that we just took delivery on. And why is it that you've chosen to have hospitals on ships rather than on-ground medical facilities? That's a it's a great question, Ate. You know, given the name Mercy Ships, you might think it's just ships, but really we've got an amazing amount of work that happens on shore as well. Keep in mind that 40% of the world's population lives within 100 miles of a major port, and most of those countries have inadequate healthcare infrastructure. If we only focused on the ground, we would miss a major opportunity to address a gap. Well, it was the vision of our founder, actually, to provide ships, ships that bring that infrastructure to the people. Then through partnership and investments, we've been able to grow our onshore practice. Things like the, the Gamal Dental School and Clinic in Guinea. that's there to train and build the dental practices throughout West Africa. Now, ships are the way into the country, really, and allow for a lot of fantastic work to be done. But it's the partnership with the countries and the healthcare professionals, specifically right now in West Africa, that make the model successful. So that's why we tend to focus on ships as our primary driver. What about the people who work on the ship? Am I right in thinking that most of the staff are volunteers? And from where and what kind of professional backgrounds do they come from? Man, these volunteers are amazing. They come from over 60 nations. People come from all walks of life, all backgrounds. They do so at their own expense. They spend time raising their own funds, sacrificing in many cases personally, just to serve people they don't even know. They're going to bring skills from their professions. You've got mariners, you've got physicians, electricians, nurses, IT professionals, communications experts. You name it, we really have someone that does it either as a profession or, or they're just passionate about it. We've got professional chefs, uh, not to mention a fully accredited school on board. And so the children that come with adult volunteers, they're a major part of the service to the crew. If you have dedicated educators who donate their time and sweat to ensure that children are taken care of, then you're going to have more connected volunteers because they know that their children are well taken care of. 
So if you think about it like a floating city, almost, you get all the aspects of a city. We have hospitals as a primary focus, but you got to have all the rest of the infrastructure a normal city would have. Uh, we've got over 23,000 alumni uh, who have served at one point or another on a mercy ship that continue to stay connected. It's pretty awesome. Well, that is quite impressive indeed. In the, in the recent past, now the pandemic, it's been a massive blow to societies and human interaction globally. I assume that it must have had a significant impact and maybe in a long-term impact on your operations also. Uh, you know, the pandemic is one of those things that keeps me up at night, uh, literally many times, trying to trying to figure out exactly how we navigate through policies and procedures and travel restrictions and um, just the way things are handled globally. I mean, you might think the pandemic would really stop our work, but actually, I think what it's done is it's amplified our resolve, our resolve to go and serve. So like many organizations, when it first hit, you know, we thought about the safety of our patients, our providers, and, and the crew. We initially, we paused our services on the ships and while the world tried to kind of sort of itself out. But as time drew on, we realized it could be a while. So what we did is we, we opted to take the ship that was in service, the Africa Mercy, to the shipyard and do a refit. And while we awaited the new ship to be able to come online, the Global Mercy, however, we thought, man, what would it look like? if we served as many people as we did pre-pandemic, even without the ships. So what we did is we amplified our focus on the shore-based work. I really did, we increased our partnerships. We put physicians in country and we really made sure the mission stayed alive to help those in need. Uh, we have, though, we've adapted our policies and practices for a lot of our operations, made sure that we have those changes to our culture well ingrained in how we're operating. Uh, social distancing, is, for example, is it's difficult when you're used to connecting with people so closely. Um, I say we're adapting, but it's it's been a long journey to say the least. But our faith has really kept us strong in this. And how about the geographic footprint that you have? Are you exclusively located in Africa at present? And also, why Africa was chosen originally? You know, when you think about Mercy Ships, if you know the history, Mercy Ships has operated in many different geographies in the past. However, over the last 20 to 25 years, we've really focused in Africa. And most recently, we were serving in Senegal before the pandemic. You know, serving in Africa really came from the strong need there. There's so many that struggled day in and day out just to survive. And that need, we really turned it into a service opportunity when some key relationships were developed uh, with uh, with government partners and healthcare professionals. And we were asked then to become part of the solution to, to poverty and, and to help establish quality healthcare for the people. We've got a strong relationship there. And I think that why Africa, you know, man, almost why not? Why not Africa? It's got such a strong need and we've got the ability to be part of that solution. So isn't it our duty to do something about it? We know it is. So we serve there uh, purposefully. So what kind of collaboration is required when setting up a hospital at the new harbor? There's definitely a lot to it. Um, the work has to start years in advance. Uh, we're we're out scouting now for the for what we're going to be doing in 2023, 2024 even. You got to really understand the partnerships and the needs, and and a lot of that comes with working alongside the people there in country. We have country engagement teams that work with our partners. They evaluate candidate patients, determining the surgical and healthcare needs. Um, they put together a plan of how we can best serve in that country, and really, what we do is create a customized plan to serve the people based on what their needs are. Um, in addition to healthcare preparation, so you've got all the things to determine the surgeries that you need and the number of resources that you might need in order to um, deliver the healthcare. But then you also have the port side of it. So not only that, I've got to make sure I can get a ship in there. So is there adequate space? Are there adequate resources and room on the pier uh, to be able to run the hospital? 
really at the point we've got the operational and surgical plans, then we need to ensure we have the volunteers, both on the ship and also in the country that we work. It takes a lot of people, uh, not only on the ship, but off the ship in order to run these hospitals. Uh, We've got to have translators. We've got to have patient advocates, uh, even folks that are from the country in which we're serving that are on the ship in various roles. In fact, we've got many people that started in day crew roles that come on day, day in and day out that are now permanent members of our crew. It's a, it's a pretty big process, a bit complicated, but it's phenomenal really nonetheless when it all comes together. Yeah, sounds like quite a puzzle they have to operate there. Uh, could you open up a bit on the impact that Mercy Ships has in the countries where you operate? Well, let me give you a few numbers to, to chew on. Maybe this will resonate with some of the listeners too. Since 1978, when the organization was founded, We performed more than 105,000 life-changing surgeries and over 488,000 dental procedures. Many of those who have had procedures or surgeries then come back to serve or they help others in their local communities. We trained more than 6,600 healthcare professionals who then in turn trained other people. We've had over 1,100 medical infrastructure development projects, which then provide support to others as well. It's really an immeasurable ripple effect. We're not even exactly sure how many people have been impacted because each person affected has an impact on so many more. You know, we think about it, you may not be able to change the life of every person in the world, but we can change the world for that one person at a time. And then they can change the life of someone else. Listeners, I'd encourage you to check out some of the stories on YouTube. You can see some of the life transformation that's happening right before your eyes. That is truly quite impressive. At Vertsila, we've been present in different parts of Africa for decades and created power solutions there. And in our small domain, it's been extremely rewarding to see that how reliable electricity enables local communities to develop further and prosper. In your view, how can corporations like us and NGOs such as Mercy Ships work even closer together to play a bigger role in inducing this positive change? Personally, I kind of think there's a process that I use when I go to serve. I like to learn about the people that I'm um, helping, learn from and learn with. Uh, you know, if corporations or just individuals going to in- induce positive change, I think we first have to learn about the people we're serving, what their needs are, their culture, meet them where they are and love them where they're at. Um, then we need to learn from them, really taking time to hear from them directly. So I think sitting down and, and listening to them is really key. Um, you know, we're able to to uh, partner with them to grow together. And I think that's where we learn with them. So not only are we we learning about them, you can read about somebody just in a, in a textbook if you wanted to. And you could hear from somebody just by listening to interviews. But until you really set, stand side by side with them and learn alongside of them, I think that's that's really where the strength comes in, into play. So if we take, if you think about companies or organizations and, and NGOs, if we know what our expertise is, and we're able to apply that to something that is culturally relevant to the people we're serving, then I think we can set everyone up for long-term sustainability. So I kind of think about it like a, the old adage of teaching a man to fish versus fishing for a man. You know, if you fish for someone, they get to eat. That's great. It's great they get to eat. But when you leave, they're hungry again. Well, so if you give them a pole and you teach them to fish, well, then they can take better care of themselves. But what if the pole breaks? You know, who fixes it? We, what we want to do is we want to fish for them. We want to teach them how to fish and then teach them how to collect the materials, how to build the pole and fix it when it breaks. You know, things like our medical capacity building does just that. It's the undergirding for healthcare professionals in the countries we serve. And I think organizations like Bartzilla and Mercy Ships, when we actually understand our strengths, we see the need to synergize based upon that. 
in a way that's culturally relevant. And I think we're doing that very, very well. Let's take a closer look at the new ship, Global Mercy. How is it different from the earlier one, Africa Mercy? Yeah, you know, the Global Mercy, first and foremost, when you see it, especially alongside the Africa Mercy, you'll notice it's much larger. Uh, it was really designed to overcome some of the shortcomings of the Africa Mercy. Uh, Africa Mercy, I mentioned earlier, was a converted rail ferry. We were kind of at the mercy of what we were getting um, in many ways from a space constraints, uh, et cetera. Uh, but not only is it longer and wider, but we can actually house more volunteers. There's there's more operating rooms and recovery wards. We've got more storage and overall space. And more room really means more impact. Um, other major difference is that the Global Mercy is a strong training platform that we can now provide. Uh, we've got state-of-the-art simulation labs, classrooms, um, which provides training for lab technicians, biomedical technicians, and really takes the training aspect of what we do, the medical capacity building, to the next level. It's going to allow people there in country to get much needed training uh, when we were able to pull the ship alongside. The ship's also then from a technical standpoint, it's more maneuverable, uh, it's more efficient, and it's really just a, an overall, it's an opportunity to double the impact in the world. It's a, it's a fantastic vessel. At Varzila, we are extremely proud to be involved in this vessel at the heart of it, actually, by our engine and propulsion technology. But Could you tell us a bit about this collaboration, how it came about, and how this all benefits your mission? Yeah, you know, I really appreciate the deep partnership with Vartsala, and, and I didn't realize even how far back it went. It turns out, in 1994, one of our past ships, the Anastasis, we actually installed generators from Vartsala on, on that ship. And so we've been partners for quite a long time. Um, you know, in regards to the Global Mercy, the new ship, when we were in the shipyard, we were kind of evaluating what our power plant would look like looking at kind of three main factors that we kind of consider. One, noise reduction. Um, two, the vibration reduction. And three, who are our best partners that we need to to, to work with? Now, if you, if you can imagine, if the engines are noisy, our surgeons can't communicate well in the operating rooms. And if there's a ton of vibration, if you were somebody that was operating with lasers on somebody's eyes, you really don't want that extra vibration because it is micron difference in what you need to focus on with the patient in order to make sure that they're taken care of. So we went with Vartsala due to our partnership, really, and those double resilient mounts that really, they cut the vibration and the noise, and that's in our four main engines. In addition, we've also got a, a great service contract in place to ensure long-term continuity of those engines and making sure that we've got the ability to serve the people of Africa for years to come. Yes, we certainly are committed to keeping the power running on those engines, so very much looking forward to seeing it go into actual operations. One question I'd like to dwell a bit deeper in is the environmental performance. I assume that it's quite different than when the previous vessel was commissioned the importance of truly creating as little emissions as possible. In 1978, when we first started, you can imagine the environment was not top of mind for any of the ships that we had. And as the Africa Mercy came online, even in the early 2000s, uh, it wasn't as much of a focus even for the world at that point. But over the last 15 or 20 years, the environment's become very important and, and really something of focus for every industry. And we're no different. Well, at the Global Mercy, as well as in refitting the Africa Mercy, We've been focused on reducing our overall carbon footprint significantly. Um, we're making sure we're using ultra-low sulfur diesel, uh, focused on LED lighting and better windows, uh, reduced water intake um, due to onboard recycling. That that impacts the ports in which we're in because if we're using less water from these already resource-constrained countries, it's going to help them as well. Um, things like variable frequency drives, we we do use those in order to reduce engine strain and and overall fuel consumption. 
Uh, also things that were just environmental for our crew, um, like refreshing our air consistently to make sure that things are safe and that we've got outside air coming in to, to refresh. Uh, we're constantly evaluating to make our ships better and, and really ensuring that we're always meeting the environmental requirements. So as new regulations come out, we're, we're making sure that we can be adaptable to the new needs. Well, to wrap up the discussion, I'd be really keen to hear about your future plans. I assume that you don't have any urgent needs to still increase the fleet, but how can you increase and expand your impact? You know, right now we're really focused on returning to, to field service with our ships and, and maintaining our onshore presence. It's really been the primary focus, especially as we get a new ship into operation, uh, has never been deployed before. And so we want to see how it operates in the field. So we continue to focus really on providing life-changing surgeries and building that medical capacity I've talked about in the countries in which we serve uh, and really continuing those strategic partnerships. So how can we invest in people that are already doing amazing work um, in the countries in which we serve? So many people need our support in the world, and, and really, it's our duty to serve them. As to the future, I think we'll continue to evaluate it over the coming years as we start to see both ships operating in, in countries. And then from there, we can determine kind of what our next steps might be. Well, on that very positive note, we come to the end of today's discussion. I hope you have enjoyed the conversation, and thank you, Robert, so much for joining us at Beyond Business. It's been a great pleasure talking with you. Oh, thank you, Ate. It's It's been a real pleasure getting to know you and to further develop our relationship. Thank you. If you'd like to find out more about Mercy Ships or are interested in volunteering, please visit their website, mercyships.org. Please subscribe to our podcast on your platform and stay tuned for more captivating interviews and discussions in the near future. I've been your host, Atte Palomäki, and today we went beyond business.